All right, what's going on, guys? This is How I Talk. I'm your host, Chris Jones. And Tim Jones here. You he, he always want to forget me, but guys, I am here coming to your place from out of space. Got something to say today. We got my brother on today, and I, I know it's unfortunate that we have him on, but, but we have him mm. here today to join us. <laughs> so I'm looking forward. What are we talking about? The federal minimum wage, right? Is that what we're yeah. talking about? That's what we're talking All about. Right. That's what we're everybody's talking. been talking about it, bringing Nate back on. They were hot last time. A hot topic. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, mm, mm, mm. They said, bring him back. I said, why? They said, bring him back. <laughs> I them? said, why again? <laughs> <laughs> so what is, Tim, you said you were against it a second ago. Why? Oh, no, no. Wait a minute. You jumping off all on me. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you now. I'm for it. You now, for me. Okay, so around, you, you're for you're for raising the minimum wage to from seven twenty five to fifteen. Yes. Okay. Why? Simply put, if we leverage the minimum wage and had it paired up with the cost of living increases, it'll be above fifteen dollars anyway. So, if you really look at it from, we'll say, nineteen eighties, the introduction of Reaganomics, we've had multiple tax cuts in the very tax bracket, but we've had. We've only went up, gone up uh, $4, $5 in the federal minimum wage in the last, what's that, 40, 50 years? Yeah, that's probably about right. Because I remember when it was $4 an hour or yeah. something like that. I remember working for, what, three, three something, $4 yeah. an hour? Three to $4 an hour. Uh, and it's $7.25 now. It's seven twenty-five, so it's not—it's not that big of a difference. Yeah, and God knows, I mean, I get in my truck. I almost paid a hundred dollars last night to fill up my truck, so I know gas has gone up from ninety-nine cents, what we used to pay in a day, to now. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's going up. I mean, everything's going up though, um, and so it, that means just everything. It could lead to inflation, as they say. It could lead to that with the increase of the minimum wage. So but, the increasing of the minimum wage. I'm—I don't know if I'm necessarily for it. Um, I think what it is is necessarily a um, a guide. Uh, I think to say, okay, uh, the minimum you should give someone is this amount. Um, but I think a lot of people look at the minimum wage to say, hey, this is what I need to make. I think it's really just a guide, and your your services, what you bring to the table, to really dictate what you make. Well. Okay, I understand it's a God. I think it should be a floor. I wouldn't even think about it as a God. I think it should be a floor. I think everyone who works 40 hours a week should be able to live. Now, what you make above that, I do think should be based on your performance. I do not believe that everybody should be paid the same. I don't believe in any of that type of mess. I believe your skill set, your performance, how hard you work should dictate if you're paid above the minimum wage baseline. But I do but think that's if you work 40 hours a week, at a full-time job, you should be able to live. You should be a See, but I don't I don't know if necessarily the minimum wage is designed to say, hey, it's for the 40-hour worker. I look at it as for more of a part-time worker. I look at it as for more of a high school person. But that's not uh, I don't look at it as for someone who's trying to make a 40-hour and say, I want this to be my life. Uh, but, I think those those should then try to uh, provide themselves with certain skill sets that would bring their wage up and not necessarily look for the government to set a bar for their wage. I actually went out 
to the Federal Bureau of Labor Statistics because I figured somebody you didn't you didn't you didn't ask somebody something like that. Wait, 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 the stereotype for the worker that makes minimum wage is part time students after school live with parents working for extra money. The reality is the average age is 37. 93 percent of them are, are not teens. They're in their 20s. 40% are older than 40, 60% are women, 28% have children, and 62% of them work full-time. So the reality is not the perception that you have that it's a starter or entry-level job. Whoa, 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 whoa. hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I didn't say that was my perception. What I said was I believe the minimum wage should be for them, this particular worker. I didn't say it was my perception. Okay. I understand the reality. And the reality is, is, I think you're accurate on that. I think that is accurate. I think a lot of people that are in their 40s, 30s or whatever, they're working for that minimum wage. And that, what is the reason for that? I think we look at the reason for that is because of certain other factors may be the reasoning. So the reason I say, I mean, I think requiring the minimum wage to be raised, um, I think is good. In this sense, if you do it for corporate America, you make them raise the minimum wage. But the United States is built on the back of small business people, small business. And so if you're trying to make the small business owner who's already got his margins low to now raise this minimum wage. I told you it's going to take my point. What? I told you he was going to take my point. Hold on, hold on. What? But the question oh is, God, no, 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 I wait, wait. I can't get when my you're saying, I can't get I my agree, stuff. I agree <laughs> that the minimum, I agree that the millennial always got built on smart bi- small businesses because I hate the conversation about big business and all this other stuff and driving down their taxes, Amazon paying zero and things to that nature. They should not pay zero taxes. But in terms of the minimum wage and how it affects in, in that system, we have to remember the pressure for increasing in terms of not labor, but in terms of product is not caused by labor. It is caused by a business wanting a particular rate of return somewhere in their supply chain. Because we both grew up in the country. Dirt is still dirt. The question is not the dirt. The question is how much you're paying for the seeds. The question is how much you're paying for the equipment the gas and all the things necessary to move those vegetables or whatever you're growing out of the dirt into the market. And you got to pay for labor. Well, labor is a piece of that. But if you did not get pressure from what if you if a farmer did not get pressure from a supplier who gave him seeds or from increasing gasoline charges, he would have no reason to increase his expenses. His expenses wouldn't go up because the dirt is still the dirt. It is those other it is those external forces that are pushing down onto a farmer that is forcing him to raise his prices in order for him to con- to have the same rate of return that he may have had last year. I want to make that's because we're in a that's because we're in a capitalistic society, right? Everybody's right. trying to everybody's right. trying to win. But as a small business, the, the margins. When you're looking at it and you got to pay eight, nine dollars, ten dollars, eleven dollars, you're assuming that you're pricing yourself out of the market based on 
what you're paying now and what you're assuming that you will get back in terms <clears> of <throat> labor, because we had raised the minimum wage before and it did not have a discouraging impact on the economy. And that's true. I remember that. So we raised it before and it didn't have a disparaging impact. This is a double though. We're double. Yeah, this is, this is a, a, yeah. A and I'm not, but I'm also not talking about, you know, you're waking up on Tuesday and minimum wage goes up to $15 on Wednesday. It's something that will be phased in. But at the same time, I think that what we're doing, ultimately, we're shifting with the responsibility of business to pay a wage that their people can live off of into the government where the government is subsidizing those through programs because you're working a full-time job, but you're receiving SNAP benefits. So the government mm-hmm. is just subsidizing that. Well, I think it's a gradual yeah. building, but I also think that it's not a federal problem. I think it's more of a state problem. I think that's where we need to focus or county level. Because if you go California and then you go to Texas, the cost of living is totally different. So we're not dollars goes a long way in Mississippi compared to but New York. But we're not negating, but Chris, we're not negating that it's a it's not one or the other. I mean, if you're looking at like a VIN, it's an overlay there. If the federal government lays down the baselines or the guardrails in which everybody else operates on. We're not telling California it cannot raise the minimum wage internally to California because there's mm-hmm. states now that have a $15 minimum wage. Uh, Texas is at $7.25, but I was surprised Arkansas is at $10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so we're not saying states cannot raise the minimum wage, but we're saying that we should be setting a national bar that raised people out of the federal poverty level. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying that you should not work full time and then turn around and have the government have to subsidize you, which is spreading the burden across everyone else because your company refuses to pay you a living wage. Right. Right. Definitely. I, I agree. I think that it should be at least a gradual building, not shoot up from seven to 15 because that's a double. But I do think that regardless if the minimum wage does increase, I, I do know that inflation will just happen by nature, that the cost of living will, you know, if, if a Coke is $3, it's going to go to $6 or $7. It's not going to go to $7 because it hasn't doubled yet. When we went from 3 to 4 it didn't go up a dollar. When we went from 4 to 5 it didn't go up a dollar. You don't go to Arkansas and pay $3 more for a Coke because their minimum wage is at 7 an hour. I mean, at 10 an hour is at 7. It's not going to double. Or increase, right? Exaggerating, but increase. It, it's going to increase, of course. Because if you want to make 20%, you're not going to absorb that cost. You're going to pass it off, right? Mm-hmm. That is natural. But you're also going to put more money into the market so that maybe your 20% comes from instead of selling, we'll say, 100 coats, you sell 150 coats. Mm-hmm. You still end up with a 20%, but more people are able to buy your product. Henry Ford even said that. When mm-hmm. back when he was starting the assembly line, they were like, why are you paying your workers so much? He said, I want my workers to be able to afford the cars that they are producing. So Henry Ford even thought about it in that terms. Matter of fact, um, I read a quote from FDR. It says that no business which depends on the existence of paying less than living wages to its workers has any right to continue in this country. By living wage, I mean more than the bare substance level. I mean a wage of a decent living. That's interesting. 
that 75, almost 100 years ago, we are still having this exact same conversation about wages. Right. What should we pay in order for people to be able to live and work in America? Yeah, and I think you're going to continue to have this conversation because you have business, you have small business, you have big business, and everybody wants to be profitable, and, and, and this is a capitalistic society. So therefore, people are going to always want to, hey, get something better, cheaper, just like you do when you shop around for stuff. Everybody looks for whatever they consider the best price. And so you're going to continue to have this. But I think the argument has shifted in America where we have started to value. Remember, Tim, when we were young, you played with a spinning top? You remember yeah. those spinning top things? Mm-hmm. We have moved our economy to like a spinning top, to where <laughs> that very small aggregate at the very top, that one, two percent that does investments, start businesses, and things to that nature, as long as they're spinning and they're doing well, the economy holds up. But as soon as they stop investment, the economy starts to wobble and eventually falls over. We have built our economy like that. It's no longer where we have a wide base that everybody is built upon and you still make money at the very top. We have flipped that dynamic where if that very small base decides to pull its money and go somewhere else, we fall over, we tip over. And we've seen that the last 20 years. Every time we had a problem at the in the economy at the very top level, our economy tips over. What I think we should also consider is the fact that, you know, if we do increase federal minimum wage, if it hikes up to 15, if, it, if it's not a gradual slow bill, which I think it should be, <clears throat> but if it gets to 15 right away, is the fact that these businesses will be laying off, I think, a substantial amount of people. Because if you add in more labor costs, if, if I'm from a business owner perspective, why would I increase my labor costs um, and then lower my percentage of profit? Instead, I'd rather lay off people and still pay the person that has increased their federal minimum wage and make them work possibly two jobs. That's a possibility. Because you're, you're assuming that you're not going to get that money back. Because you're in return. If I increase the minimum wage, I am not going to receive anything in return. So people are not going to have more money to be able to eat out or people are not going to have any more money to be able to enjoy whatever service that I'm putting forth. I think it's nonsense. I do not think it works that way because if you really look at it, when people have more money, okay. So remember the tax cut cut everybody talked about, oh, we're going to give you money back. I mean, George Bush came into office in 2000. He said, oh, I'm going to do a tax cut. I'm going to give everybody like $650 check. I was like, really? But that's my household. I was like, man, $650, I'm I'm not even thinking about it, right? Hmm. You know, nine times out of 10, Carrie's going to run out of here and buy something with $650. But that's a difference between some other people that I know. $650 meant they could buy more groceries. They could get their car fixed. They could put that money back into the economy. Where you are on that economic scale, on that hierarchy of needs, really does determine how you look at what you're going to do with that money. Fifteen dollars right. means nothing to to me, but that extra five dollars looking for somebody who's living, you know, basically from check to check, right? That's going to make a very big difference in their lives. 
Right. And it may not affect uh, big businesses. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I do think it would affect them, but I do think it would definitely impact small businesses, which make a majority of the economy. While more money could be funneling through the system, more people spend it. I mean, I think it's really dependent upon, you know, what industry you're in. Um, if you have five people and now they're all at 15, you're all paying them $8. Why would I keep all five? I need mm-hmm. to operate with three. Well, then let me ask you. And increase the responsibilities. Because if I'm going to increase you to 15, your responsibilities are going to be higher. Instead of working for one, you're just doing it for your $7. You're working for 15. Now you'll work two jobs under 15. No, no. As a business person, I would do that too. I would do that. Two for one. I would do that. And if if the person doesn't like that, then I export. And that's what we got. It's a global world. I would export to Philippines or India and get, you know, half the price per hour. Yeah, hey, I, would, depends, I would definitely on, get another price. Well, it depends on what industry you're in. Uh, I look at IT. I mean, there's roughly a 500,000 job gap for cybersecurity. Oh, oh that, wait, wait. Before you go with IT, let's talk about who this would affect. It's not going to affect the IT work. No. But no, you're but, talking about laborers. So yes. the majority of people that's going to be affected are laborers, are exactly. blue-collar workers. And, so. and be honest, those jobs, but those are going to be jobs you can't export. You can't export. And, and not only that, there are going to be jobs you can't do a two-for-one. You can't that's just true. simply increase the responsibility because it's not a responsibility level. It's just a work, you know, a work level. Hey, it's just a work level. Work. You can get rid of those people, those are people at right, Walmart or restaurants. The reason you can is because at Walmart, you have these self-checkouts. If you look, example, in Austin, they want 100% self-checkouts. No matter what you do, you're, you're squeezing. It's like a balloon. You squeeze one place, you're increasing it somewhere else. So if I get rid of the worker that works at Cashier Channel, what I'm also <laughs> having to do is now hire an IT staff that's going to support that self-checkout. What yeah. I have to what to also have to do is increase my database that's going to be having to store that data. I'm yeah. also going to uh-huh. have to increase my regulatory footprint to deal with what I have to deal with in terms of the cash counting. All this you squeeze somewhere else. But but that's a great point. What I would say to that yeah. is those people that are working those jobs, they may not be the people that are working at seven dollars going up to fifteen. Those type of jobs, from my understanding, I could be wrong, would be higher paying jobs, right? So there has to be some type of skill to, to run that database or to be the IT technician. Is that correct? Yeah. No, those, I would say those are more skilled jobs. But yeah, uh, but I, I but think, think about what, what we're talking about is going to affect low income type well, jobs. Hold on. But think about what you just said. If I, if I increase my self-checkout by X and it forces me to hire one new technician that I'm going to pay 30 bucks an hour for, which mm-hmm. is which is easy to get in IT, 30 bucks an hour. Right. So now I have doubled my labor expense because I went from paying my self-checkout person, my checkout person, 15, to paying yeah. one person 30. I, you know, that, that's, a good, that's a good point, but I don't think that's totally accurate because you may have, let's say, 15 checkout people and mm. you go down to just this one IT person. One, yeah. Yeah, so it, it you but know if you accurately you, display it, you may have fifteen people checking out. Let's say at ten dollars an hour, and you mm-hmm. go down to one IT person at thirty dollars an hour. Yes, but so that's also, a that's a big also, drop for a if business. we do that as well. Tim, and think that, about benefits, capital too. expenditure. Wait, well, you got to keep think about the capital expenditure buying a new uh, self checkout system. You're looking at something. Yeah, like that. I mean, I understand. It costs point about a hundred thousand dollars. 
How long? Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, you have to determine that capital expenditure. So, I mean, there, there's going to be cost, but that's going to be more big business, though. What, yeah, what about the little business? I mean, because you got big business can absorb that. They make lots of money. Yeah, and truthfully, they like the big business. They want that to happen because what it's going to do is knock out, it's knocking out the little people. The Amazons yeah. and the Walmarts, I love that because the little people, can they absorb their costs and can they, they can't keep it? up? I say yeah. majority can't. So it's going to knock out competition. I agree. Big business will love the hike. They will love the hike. Overnight, you're right. It will knock out the small business. I think if you do it the way that the last increase came about, which is over almost seven years, it went up from four to seven dollars. Small businesses still what eighty percent of all um, employment in America is right. right small businesses. Yeah, probably still is. So I don't necessarily think. I think if you do it overnight, it is a shot to the system. I think right. the gradual increase. Because you've seen it in other states where it's already higher than 725, and they're not experiencing what you're discussing. Mm. So in uh, Oregon, Seattle, I think. <clears throat> um, what do you mean they're not experiencing what we're discussing? Say that again. You're saying that small businesses are not thriving. They're right? not thriving? Yeah, that they were not able to absorb the $15 an hour. Um, they made that argument. I think it was Oregon that raised it to fifteen dollars an hour. What less than five years ago? Mm -hmm. Their business, their small business market is still booming. So I don't mm -hmm. necessarily think that simply raising it is the only factor I, to whether well, or not you have a healthy. Small I, I business. would say this: the the small business will adapt. They yes. will adapt. I'm saying they will adapt. But what I'm saying is, it's going to affect somewhere. And um, it may be that the small business cut down on laborers. Well, you just have less laborers. But you talk about Oregon. Well, what is the Oregon unemployment rate? You know, tell me that. What is their unemployment rate? If their unemployment rate is higher, then okay, well, what's the difference? You just got well, a higher unemployment rate. But a lot of things, a lot of factors go into unemployment. We, I mean, we can't look up unemployment today without having to take consideration the pandemic and all these other things. But I, I understand. But you can you can say, hey, what if there are Oregon's unemployment rate is, is always higher than everyone else's? Then you got an answer right there. You could say that. You can look at unemployment and say, what is their unemployment rate? To look at whether yeah. or not their small business industry is actually healthy or not, right? Granted, but I don't see where we'll say Arkansas. We let's look at Arkansas next door. It's <clears throat> and, and each state is different, though. So when you say that, you you have to think about states like Arkansas. Arkansas is a primarily a blue collar state. Yes. So it would be advantageous for them to say, "Hey, we're going to raise our rates." When that's all you do. That's all you do is blue collar. So that, you know, their industry, they may be producing, for example, blue collar workers producing wood. Well, you say, just increase it. Well, what that does is just increase the price of wood. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything. I mean, it's not, well, it's not rocket science. I, I pay, I pay the people more. That means I got to charge more for my goods. They're not, they're not going to charge the same price. So to tell, to say, well, it doesn't have an effect. It has an effect. It just may affect other parts of the economy. It may uh, affect here, other states. But here's, here's where my argument by state. My argument is looking at what is the average salary in terms of hourly employees. 
in those states. If it's really at the federal minimum wage of seven twenty-five, look at those states and see what are the benefits that you're getting. Because if you look at it, what was I looking at the other day? Because I jotted it down. The worst poverty states, the 15 poverty states are number one, Mississippi, West Virginia, Arkansas, Louisiana, uh, New Mexico, Alabama, Kentucky, uh, South Carolina, Tennessee, North Carolina, Montana, Missouri, Florida. Out of that list, Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama, Kentucky, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, and North Carolina all have a minimum wage at $7.25. And those, out of that list, the majority of those states have the worst educational systems that we have. Yeah, and I was gonna, in the South. And I would say those states you named, a lot of people just don't want to live there. A lot of, I mean, but how many people I, I'm not trying to say anything about Arkansas. But how many people would say, I want to really been growing up my whole life just to live in Arkansas? Most people are not dying to live there or but wanting to live there. But that's the, yeah, that's what I said about Kilgore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Where but I came from, man. Hold on. Let's think about what you just said. There. <laughs> but let, I mean, let's just think about what you say. I am not saying people are dying to live there. I am saying that if you look at those states, Regardless of how many people live there, you have poor minimum wage, poor educational systems. And so your answer is say, just raise the minimum wage and then that'll all be fixed. I don't think so. I'm saying that the, the tax Because if it did, it, it would have happened when they, we raised it last time.